Vote, 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 vote. Yay! Welcome to Lila's, where we talk about all things sourdough. And also all things. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And And we're the Sour Sisters. How are you this week? I am good. I have been working the early voting polls, which is quite an experience. Tell me everything. Well, I mean, my partner said this, and I think it's definitely true that I'm going to be one of those people who works the polls like every single, every four years or every two years or whatever. Like, I'm just going to be someone who's always there when people are voting for these big elections. No, that's so good. Yeah, but to the point where like, Hopefully I'll be like this nice little Nana working the polls. P-O-L-L-S. Working the P-O-L-S. You can work whatever polls you want. I don't know. I could be a Nana that's working the P-O-L-S. Both polls. Yeah. Double polls. Dubs polls. <laughs> no, but oh. that's awesome. What, but, is it crowded? It Okay. So it comes and goes. It ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. It w- wanes and woes. Hopefully there's no woes. <laughs> well, some people are just upset in general. But Oh, really? Asked, like okay. people voting? I mean, yes. Some people are like, this is not how we voted before. What is this machine? Like, why can't I do it like I did in the 50s? But, oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's really interesting. My point is that I'm definitely going to be, when I am an Anna working both polls, I'm going to be like, I've been working the polls since... 2020 the year of the pandemic like how historical no that's awesome and what a year to start yeah very cool what a year year to start um so it's really cool i'm working with a lot of people who haven't worked the polls either because there are a lot of young people who volunteered this year which is really great Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome um but it's i mean we only work for like what 10 days total and i like I love my coworkers. They're so fun. And they're just, you know, again, like from all walks of life and of all ages. And so it's just really fun that we're all there to just help people vote no matter where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. You're a patriot. Honestly, I feel like I'm not typically like super patriotic. Like, I don't know. I'm not like, oh yeah, July 4th, the best. That's but, different. That's different than like this is your right in like a democratic republic to like make your voice heard, and this is one of the only ways you can do it. Like totally. that's that to me is is like the most like maybe patriotic isn't the right word, but it's like the most like uh, American thing. Like if you believe in the American experiment as like lofty goals that we're ever striving to actually perfect, like that's that's awesome. I know exactly everything you just said is how I feel. So that's awesome. You're in the trenches doing, doing the work. But in this case, I feel like the trenches is better than be- not being in the trenches because not being there, you're in such a political, like, dot, I don't know, just like undivided world. Like, you, you know, whatever you're scrolling through on social media, whatever you're watching on TV, the commercials in between, but it's like actually a safe haven. 
<laughs> no, that sounds nice. Yeah, everyone retreat to your polls. <laughs> exactly. Seriously, everyone volunteer. It's the best. No, that does sound awesome. The people, I, I, I early voted and the people renting my place, with the exception of one person, it seemed like they were having a great time. So it yeah. seems cool. Yeah. Yeah, it really is fun. We have a good time. Our The man who runs our site is always trying to make, make it clear to voters that we're having a good time, which I think is so fun because these people, like he's trying to convince, are already there to vote. Right, so it's really right. funny to me because he's like, oh, yeah, like we have fun. We're going to be dressing up for Halloween. So like be sure Ooh. to be friends. Yeah. He's like, we'll all be in costume. Like it's a great day to vote. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, that's great. Hopefully that just means they'll spread the word. But like this person already voted. They don't, they don't get to come back. It's not like we're trying to get return customers. Although, yeah, I like the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they could be like, tell their friends like, oh, man, I did vote. But I'm so sad I missed it because like on Halloween, they're going to wear costumes. So like you should go vote. Like, yeah. 100% the goal. I just think it is so funny. But it does sound funny because it's like, oh, man. I can't come back. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, I should have came that day. And it's like, yeah, no, but you can't. Just get out of line and come back. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, there was a food truck sponsored by DoorDash that um, gave away free burgers. Just oh, like that's really nice. They were not politically affiliated at all. Like, and they I were- like the idea that they ask you who you're voting for and they won't give you a burger if they don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get, like, no burgers for you. <laughs> or you get like one burger versus the other based on who you vote for. <laughs> one's like undercooked. That's awesome though. That's that's really cool. Was the, was like were the lines long enough that they that was like a necessary? Thing? Honestly, no. The lines haven't been super long. No, that's uh, great. Yeah, which is good. I, we always just say it's because we're super efficient, but that's. I mean, that's part of it. <laughs> I'm very very pro assembly line. When mm-hmm. I learned about assembly lines in like elementary school, I went crazy. I was like, this is what I I think that I literally was born to just really appreciate and be in an assembly line so I'm living my best life. have you ever volunteered at a like a food distribution center or like a food bank no but you have I have but my it's all assembly lines all the time you you would lose your mind that's all it is and I I go crazy because every once in a while there's somebody who's like you know gumming up the line because they're not doing it properly I'm like this is the whole point we're dividing tasks like <laughs> you gotta get out or the line won't move yeah yeah or like you don't need to do six things the whole idea is that I'll do the thing and you do a thing and somebody else will do a thing like <laughs> I, I do need to lose my mind at, at a food bank yeah I, I think you'd have a good time because it's just assembly like all assembly lines well, <laughs> and those boxes and the faster you go like at the end they tell you how many you did it's very gamified which is awesome <laughs> I love that this is exciting too because we count the ballots so we get to we do guess how many we think um, how many ballots we think we got that uh, day. yeah gamification man it's the, it's the only way to do anything <laughs> so I started a social experiment today but what did you do okay I'm so glad you asked <laughs> I started- what if I didn't what if I didn't ask <laughs> Moving on, next topic. I would cry. I, think. I don't understand how conversations work. No, it's just like Claire. I don't want to hear another thing. That you All right, uh, moving on. Okay, so this is fun. The first few days that I worked, I noticed that people don't ever know the date, which is fair. I don't ever know the date either. Like what day it is, like October. Mm-hmm. Well, especially the weekend. I feel like the weekend is when I just, my mind breaks. and Yeah. I yeah, no I idea. think also if you have time in the middle of the day to vote on a weekday, you might also not know 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything's blurring together kind of thing. <laughs> also, people are really nervous. Because that's just kind of like an undertone of like nervousness. Um, I think pe- because this is not a thing people do every day. And the process, it's an assembly line and they're just part of it. But they've never been a part of it before. And so they're just a little nervous that they're going to do something wrong or Mm-hmm. And then you have like COVID and the social distancing rules. And so people are really kind of like on edge and nervous. And so I think that also prevents them from like seeing things around them and noticing, oh, they wrote the date right here and I could just read that. So I was just always saying the date. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times. Well, I can because it was like 200 ballots. So I guess I said the date 200 times on like my first day. Oh my God. Sign on this line and today's date you know, 10, whatever, 2020. And there was always, you know, 50% of the time there was a like, quote unquote joke about, oh, well, we can't forget it's 2020, you know, like literally just over and over and over again. Um, (laughs) And then today I started moving around a little label that we have on the table to tell people what the date is. Oh, that's nice. There's a label. Well, so it's just a piece of tape. It's a piece of tape that we wrote in Sharpie we wrote 10 dash, whatever the day is, dash 20. Mm-hmm. So at first we thought how easy, because that's how it's actually going to look on your envelope. But I think people weren't really reading it and it wasn't registering because again, they're nervous. This is like a new environment. They aren't really looking past like anything other than the right thing directly in front of them. And um, I think it looks like code. Like it doesn't look like a date. <laughs> <laughs> like a conspiracy theory code or like computer code. <laughs> Okay, it looks like an IP address, honestly. Like, oh, I like this. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, you should tell people it's a Wi Fi password. (laughs) And it didn't say anything else. It didn't say like today's date is. It just was a piece of tape around the the ballot area. I do feel like today is or like today colon that that would be good. Yes. Well, that's because we're on the same wavelength. So as soon as we did the tape and that wasn't really working, I put another piece of tape directly above it and I said today is colon. That helped a little, but it was still like 50-50 or like even less. People are very not observant, it turns out. (laughs) Yes. And again, especially in a new environment, especially when they're nervous. So then I decided, okay, well, maybe like the today is, is helping. But again, like that code, if it's out of context or they're not familiar with it, they don't know what they're looking at. It looks weird. So I wrote today is, and then a new piece of tape underneath, I wrote October, the date, 2020. I thought the word October would really kind of like grab. Oh, like stand out more. Yeah. But so that did help too. But it was still like I was doing about 30 people per like mini experiment. So it's a very small sample size. But that it was still like a 50-50. I wasn't really getting clear results that that was really making a difference. So this is exciting. We made it 3D. So right now this is just tape on a piece of table or like on a table. We made like it. flat or, or like on the plexiglass or something? Oh, it's a it's a flat table that they like just come and get a clean pen and they sign. But I'm saying I- the, the tape is on, is flat on the table. It's not up. Okay. Okay. In my head, there was a plexiglass because there's plexiglass on everything and you'd put it there. I see. Okay. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. That would actually be, that would be really, really great. Uh, but there's not on um, this part of the assembly line, there's not a plexiglass. So yes, it was flat. So I think that was a big problem. That it wasn't like at your eyesight. Right, right. Uh, but when you're bending over to sign something, you think. Yes, you should see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I put it up like on a little, um, you know, I just made like a piece of paper, folded it in half and made like a little tripod. Mm-hmm. And um, 
wrote the date on there and I got like two thirds of people hey consistently looking and like they would catch themselves I would actually see them say like oh what's today oh there it is and I was so happy <laughs> it was the best I feel like by the end, by like November 3rd, you're just going to have like an easel with like, <laughs> like for a kindergarten class with the dates and like huge letters and it's like oh, bright yeah. and sparkly. <laughs> I mean, I need like, I need one of those, uh, gosh, what are they called that we used to play with when we were kids and they light up, like you put little pegs, little light uh, up. Uh, light bright, right? With the light bright. Yes. Oh my God. I would lose my mind. I would just be so happy there was a light bright. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? Like if I still yeah. own the light bright, I think I would bring it and try and put the date there. Yeah, yeah. But no, so that's awesome. what that's what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, saving democracy and running social experiments. I feel like you're a very busy lady. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be writing a paper about it. So perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you? What's new? Well, I can't follow that. Like <laughs> I feel like you always have deep things like here's my tribute to RBG and like I run the polls now and like I am doing my part for the world and I have that I gave into societal pressure and got a Halloween tree. <laughs> I am not even saying anything. I'm laughing because like what a joke you are <laughs> always saving the world. Um, One Halloween tree at a time. <laughs> I mean. I don't want to get into the number of things that make you an awesome human, but I need to know more about this Halloween. <laughs> uh, I I um, bought it by doing something to help starving children. See, look at you. <laughs> and I also saved a puppy that was in a ditch on my way to buy it. <laughs> Wait, so you got a puppy? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know, I know you're joking. What's happening? I know. <laughs> but if we <laughs> pretend like everything's normal, which is what I was doing when I got this Halloween tree, and that I didn't have greater responsibilities. Um, I it, It's a thing that I never heard of outside of like a Tim Burton film um, until this year. I think people were just sitting in their house and was like, you know what? We're going to have the holidays now and like try and stop me. Um but I've been seeing them all over the place and like uh, on social media and like people keep talking about them and I put it off and I put it off. And then a couple of weeks ago, I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get a Halloween tree. A um, Halloween tree. It's like black and like velvet and like, there's no leaves. Of course it's tiny. It's like probably two feet tall and it sits on my um, kitchen counter uh, and it's very silly. So it's got like lights. So it has, it's like very cozy goth, which is my favorite aesthetic. It's got little skull head that are like smiling lights that are like blue and purple. And I was, I was trying to think of what would be good ornaments. So I got those like spider rings that you, did you ever have those oh, as a kid? Yes. I love those. Yeah. So they're like black, like teal and orange. And so I use those like ornaments. <laughs> Yeah, like ornaments that is genius so i have extra because there are too many for the tree so uh you're welcome to have some <laughs> Wait, really yeah they're just sitting really? in my like my island's drawer because i was like i don't know what to do with these rings now yes i need that 
I need you to make me cupcakes and then put those like. Yeah, yeah. That's the best thing about a cupcake is when you got the ring out of it. Yeah. I'm sure. Also, the only other time you get one of those rings is if you're at like a, you know, Nickel Mania or whatever. Yeah. So you get like 5,000 tokens and they give you one pumpkin ring or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Wait. I think I like a cozy goth tree more than a Christmas tree. Whoa, that's a hot take. <laughs> I love Halloween. I really, really love Halloween. I do too. That's why I was like, I love Halloween and this is like a lot more time in my apartment than I would normally spend. And I do love a Christmas tree more than most people. So I was like, well, why wouldn't? I mean, my favorite movie is probably Nightmare Before Christmas, which is, you know, Halloween and Christmas yeah. together. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I love that. And it brought joy to my life. <laughs> You could get like, okay, so this tree obviously wasn't like a Christmas tree in terms of like size and it wasn't like. It's like a tabletop one, but I've seen one. Do you know who Lauren Lapkiss is? Yes. She Um, has a Halloween tree that's like, like a, it's like big. It's like big. It's like in her house, like, like a Christmas tree, but it's like orange and black and it was on Instagram. You should get like a black instead of green, like artificial Christmas tree or just get a real one and spray paint it. And then cozy goth Christmas. A cozy goth Christmas sounds amazing. Like it would just be Nightmare Before Christmas themed, which is perfect. Yes. yes. I really love the the marriage of Halloween and Christmas. Yeah, Blink 182 does too. That's why they're so good. <laughs> that is very fair. Yeah, we'll have Halloween on Christmas. So yeah. um yeah, I'll just keep this going, just get more and more decorations all and like I have three months to prepare. <laughs> Yeah, you have plenty of time, Rachel, so get it together. Here's the thing is your introduction of that we should just do Nightmare Before Christmas holiday, which is just two months of nonsense or three months. Like what I was thinking is that my take was that maybe I needed a Thanksgiving tree as a stopgap. <laughs> but I like your idea better, I think. <laughs> I mean, a Thanksgiving tree, just think about all the like fun ornaments. Turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like acorns. Yeah, it's just like fall, like a fall tree, really. It would be very pleasant. And scarecrows and corn husks. I was at a deli today and they had a, uh, Christmas ornaments that were like felt like deli sandwiches. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that is so fun. Because <laughs> it was like a Jewish deli. So it was like a tiny little like pastrami on rye. Like it was oh the cutest thing. So fun. <laughs> and, but it was really expensive. But I was like, I think I need this. <laughs> That is really fun. I need to find myself a Halloween tree. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me that you aren't deep with these, like, intros, because those are really important things. (laughs) Mine's more of a personal journey (laughs) than helping the world. Personal journeys are very, very important. You know I'm (laughs) a very strong supporter of personal journeys, of pernies. (laughs) Okay, we're moving on to Two Truths and a Typo. The segment that has um, evolved into a typo mess. <laughs> Wait, what, I got... what typo mess are we talking? <laughs> the point of the true truths in the typo is really just to see if I, if you end up getting hooked on the typo. So two truths in a typo, and I will tell you the typo, regardless of if you pick it. Okay, hit me. So one is Blaze Ball, one is Fat Bear Week, and one is PDA Gold Medal. I know what Fat Bear Week is. Oh, 
So but that's good. not a typo. I mean, I'm heavily in favor of it. Yeah. I mean, side note, we have to partake next year. We're not bears. I don't, what do you mean? We're going to go watch some bears or we're going to eat like bears. What's the. No, that bear week is a um, bracket. So you can like have your. Yeah, own- to, but to, but you said partake as in we should eat the food. Like, <laughs> so I thought you meant that we should become fat bears next year or we should enter like the contest. And I was like, I don't think we're going to win. Like, <laughs> we eat a whole bunch of salmon in order to survive the winter. I mean, that sounds nice to hibernate. I was just, I don't think I can compete with a bear. Like, <laughs> or like a 1400 pound bear. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the bracket sounds. Yes. Cool. Yeah. I would definitely do that. That sounds fun. That's yeah. a bracket I can get behind. For sure. Okay. You ruled one out successfully. And I feel like I've heard of baseball too. Um, so I think the typo is the PDA gold medal. I feel like the typo works better when it's like truthfully on accident. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not manufactured. <laughs> I like it natural. <laughs> the organic typo. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is non GMO. Non GMO. <laughs> Wait, but am I right? Yes. Yes. It oh, is tell- actually PDSA gold medal. What I st- what is that? Okay, so PDSA stands for the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals. What is, is that like a pharmacy for bad. animals? <laughs> sounds bad. I don't know why it's called that, but the PDSA gold medal is a bravery award for animals. Is this the dachshund that like tried to eat a big dog because it was attacking its kid? Wait, mate, I, I don't know. They have one new, like obviously the award goes to a different animal every year. So I'm not, I'm not ruling that out as a possibility that that specific dachshund got a PDSA award. <laughs> um, that's not the one I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about the one that won the 2020 award. Mm-hmm. But it is pretty awesome that this award even exists. Yeah, yeah, tell me. So, like, Lassie would have been a good contender. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, so if you don't know about the award, it is basically the animal equivalent I've read to the George Cross Award. Are you familiar with that? No. I was not either. That is the second highest award of the UK that is given for acts of the greatest heroism or for most conspicuous courage and circumstance of extreme danger. That's very fancy. Right? It's so specific and so cool. Um, but so, Magawa is a giant African pouched rat that won the PDSA gold medal award. And yes, Rachel, they did make it tiny. Oh, like so he could wear it? He could wear it. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to need to see pictures of this. Oh, yes. Okay, so this rat, I mean, it's a big rat. When I was first listening to this, of course, on NPR, I was thinking like this really tiny rat. But I mean, it's a giant African pouch rat, which I've seen now is a pretty big rat. But it's Like just, how big? Like bigger than my dog or smaller than my no, dog? No, no, no. Still smaller than a dachshund, but like just bigger than a normal rat. I mean, it's probably, that's probably not true. I try not to see rats most of my, most of the time. So like maybe there are some big rats around here that I just don't see. I but, think so. I just heard Chicago's the quote unquote rattiest city in America yeah. for like the six year running. Yeah. Our landlords had a water feature in their backyard 
and they said they had to take it out because it was just attracting rats. So it's so gross. No, <laughs> so it just became like a rat bath. <laughs> Wait, but I I can't think about that anymore. So tell me about this heroic <laughs> rat. What did he do? <laughs> or okay. she? And I mean, this is one that like you know they cuddle and like take care of, and is like so sweet, and it just looks like a little person rat. Oh. Okay, so he discovered thirty nine landmines. And 28 items of unexploded ordnance in his little lifetime. And basically, he just goes around and searches for landmines, landmines in like Cambodia and places like that. Aww. So that's very fancy. Because he's so little, I mean, he's, I said he was giant, but like I'm saying for a rat, he seems big, but he's still really tiny. And so the risk of him actually putting off one of those landmines, landmines is so much lower. I should have just, the typo should have been landmines. I keep saying landline. You know, we've had enough of these phones in the wall. <laughs> Everything's a cell phone. This rat found so many old phones in people's kitchens. Yeah. I, yeah. In this moment, I feel like it should have been landline awards. That would have been good. Okay. So, yeah, whenever they, whenever he's searching, he doesn't set them off. And uh, so, but he, how does he know if he found it? I mean, they've just been training him since he was born. I, I guess I do this with a lot of rats, but. He's apparently specifically very good. Um, He's very fancy. And he just is, rats are very trainable, as we know, because if you <laughs> do them, they'll do whatever. And so this one is just very, very good at detecting it and making sure he gets his little treat. This and, little fancy boy. Yeah, it's a very fancy boy. And he can search like an area the size of a tennis court in 30 minutes. That's, that's right. That's a fast boy. For reference, it takes a human plus a metal detector four days to complete that same area search. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, obviously, maybe not obviously, but he's the first rat ever to win the PDSA award in, in the award's 77-year history. 77 years? I'm going to have to go look at the history. That's very exciting. <laughs> I need to know every single animal that won this award. I know. I want to see their pictures. I want to see, like, if a bear won it, would it have a big medal? Like, if it I was, like, so. uh, I, this is very exciting. I think you would be very excited to see how small the, the medal is, honestly. Yeah, it sounds adorable. It's like some Stuart Little, like, yes, very yeah. fancy. It's real life, Stuart Little. It's Stuart yeah. Little. What if he drove a little car to find the landmines? <laughs> Yes, exactly. So, I mean, I'm so glad you asked about my typo because I was okay. Frightened. I have a question for you. Yeah. Who do you think would win the PDA gold medal? <laughs> um, would this be an animal or a human? You pick. <laughs> I think the um, the lead actress and actor in Twilight. Yes, I agree. Those people are gross. <laughs> Maybe what if you won both in the same year? Like if this if this rat had a lover and it won both the PDSA and the PDA award. Yeah. That would be pretty. Wild. If this rat had a lover is <laughs> <laughs> the wildest question <laughs> or sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> lover. <laughs> okay, moving on to recipes. Recipes. Claire, okay. I think it's your turn to go first, right? Yeah, recipe for disaster. Okay, so this is very exciting. I made scallion pancakes. Ooh. I, if you haven't tuned in before this, 
you wouldn't know this yet, but I love savory treats more than sweet treats. So well, scallion pancakes. Oh my gosh. This is very exciting. Yes. Okay. So shout out to our friend Danny for sending me this link, but it had a few discard recipes, one of which was scallion pancakes. And I thought I, I have to make these immediately. So you use your discard, super easy. It takes less than 30 minutes, which is like my sweet spot. That just makes me feel like the activation barrier is so low that as long as you have the ingredients on hand, it doesn't matter how busy your day is, you can do it. If yeah, yeah, just whip it together. Mm -hmm. Right, right. This honestly is like making regular pancakes because the first one always gets burnt. And then everything kind of like, you know, evens out. The pan's not too hot. You like calibrated it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then after that, they're all delicious. So it's definitely worth a little bit of like a burnt scallion pancake to get the rest. But super easy. You literally, literally, you whisk, literally. discard milk and salt and handashi, which I, I had never heard of before. Or for short, I think you can call it dashi. But it's it mystery ingredient. I'll get into a second. But basically, you just whip those four things together. And then you add in scallions, like chopped up scallions. You let it sit for 10 minutes. And then you this is the fun part. You heat up a pan with vegetable oil. But you want to make sure the oil is very, very hot before you actually pour any of the batter onto the pan. And then when you're ready to pour the batter, you actually lift the pan off the stove and keep it kind of moving so that when you pour the batter, it doesn't just immediately burn or like fall to one side. So you just want to make sure you fill in all the holes, but the oil should be so hot that it doesn't let the scallion pancake, like the batter stick to the pan. Oh, this is fancy. Yeah. Very, very fancy. I do think you need to have a nonstick pan. I yeah, that's fair. Just pans. generally. <laughs> yeah. It just generally, I did try a pan that was like, you know, copper bottom, not a nonstick. It's a nice pan, but I mean, it did not work for keeping the scallion from like sticking to the pan. Yeah, that's fair. But I just, I'd never, I'd never done something like that before where you like, I felt very fancy to take the pan off the stove and like hover it while you pour the batter. Yeah. And then, and then you put it back on the eye. Then you put it back on the eye and uh, the red eye and you just let it brown and then you flip it and you cook the other side for like 30 seconds, six, 60 seconds. And then you're done. That's it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We dipped it in soy sauce. It was very yeah. delicious, very salty. So handashi, so this is the mystery ingredient. I didn't actually find it. So, But is it like a liquid, a powder? What are we talking? It is a liquid. I oh. used chicken broth as a substitute. But mm -hmm. what it was described to me online as is it's more like a fish broth. Uh, okay. Okay. That's like a kind of common ingredient in that sort of cuisine, right? Like an Asian type cuisine. Yes. But I could not find it. Anywhere. No, no. I meant fish sauce. Yeah. Cause I've never heard of that. Handashi. That's really cool. But I couldn't even find fish sauce in the grocery store. Oh, interesting. I don't, I don't know that I was looking in the right place. I went to like, you know, the aisle with like all the different cultures. Mm -hmm. I looked at like the just general broth area and I am still on a hunt for handashi or dashi for short because I do want to see if it makes a difference. Yeah, but yeah. I said that if you get a chicken broth that's, I don't know, a little fancier or a little bit more involved or rich or whatever, it works. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. So I mean, and I, you liked it, right? Even with the chicken broth? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't have any reference for what it would taste like with the dashi, but in, in classic Claire fashion, I also used almond milk the first time I made it because I didn't have regular milk and it was mm. too cold. So I was like, I'm just going to, I don't want to leave the house. I'm just going to use the almond milk and just wing it. So I wasn't using Andashi and I wasn't using regular milk and it was still delicious. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I did repeat it with regular milk instead of almond milk and I still didn't have Andashi, but I used the chicken broth again and it, I didn't taste that much of a difference, but I think it does work a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, almond milk can just be a little bit grumpy sometimes. Like sometimes it's totally fine. And then sometimes I use it for things where it, it turned out kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, the second batch came out a little like poopier, fluffier. Oh, that's fun though. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. So easy. So delicious. I actually, the first time I made it, I just wanted to see how it go, like how it went. So I didn't really have a whole meal planned. It was just kind of a snack. Mm-hmm. And then the other night I made it with a wonton soup. Oh, yeah. That's delicious. Yeah. Just like a nice little appetizer for your wonton soup. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could dip it in the soup. That sounds good too. Yes, exactly. The world this is, is awesome. The world is your wonton soup. <laughs> if only that sounds divine. <laughs> yeah. So great recipe, great snack. Definitely. Yeah, that's fun. I'm definitely going to have to try that. It sounds so good. 10 out of 10 recommend. Yum. I'll let you know if I find Hondashi or let me know if you find Hondashi. Yeah. I mean, do you have like a, like, do you know, is it like Korean or Vietnamese or like what, what's the origin? That's a great question. I was just wondering if you had like a little local, like a little grocery store that was like a Korean grocery store, you know, or something like an H Mart of some kind. Uh, Cause that would be cool. I totally agree. Yeah. This is my one Google search. So Japanese, Japanese fish stock. So it seems like even if you could find any sort of fish stock, that that would be good. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really have been piling up in terms of discard. Like, I just have so much discard. And, I mean, a three-fourths cup of your discard gets you, like, five or six gallon pancakes. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good use. Mm -hmm. Great use. Mm Mm-hmm. Very cool. What did you make, Rachel? I went in a different direction. Um, I made, uh, so um, I made muffins, um, but I made sourdough pumpkin muffins. um, Because I had pumpkin. So so I um, I am, I said, this is going to sound like a complete crazy person. (laughs) But I have a variety of hob- I have a variety of bacterial colonies that I'm fostering as hobbies. Now. One of <laughs> which you is say it like that. I started doing homebrew um, just for fun. But I made a pumpkin ale, and I needed pumpkin for the for the pumpkin part. Um, and it was like much like your uh, milk travails. I just it was raining and it was freezing. And I had just gone back from camping and I like did not want to like go like on a full grocery run. So I thought at my like local Target, they would have canned pumpkin because it's like fall. Yeah. But they didn't. They uh, only had like pu- like pie pumpkins. And so I was like, 
Ugh, I don't want to go anywhere else. So I just got a pie pumpkin and roasted my own pumpkin, which is like so intense and silly. You roasted your own pumpkin? But it was so easy because, you know, they're like literally grown to be e like for that use. Because I found it was like so much easier to get the seeds out, so much easier to get the guts out. Like you just cut it in half and put it on a pan for like an hour. And then I scooped it out. It was so easy. I was surprised it was so easy because I was like, this might be a real big pain. And I like specifically don't want to like do anything today. <laughs> Wait. You can get pumpkins that are specifically pie. I pie. Yeah, pumpkin? it's literally called a pie pumpkin. It's like oh. like this big. Like it's much smaller than like a jack o' lantern pumpkin. Oh, that's very very cool. Yeah, so, yeah. Did you do anything with the seeds? Side note, I did. I did. So I um made two sets: a savory and a sweet. Um, the sweet was just like cinnamon sugar, but then the um savory was like random spices, <laughs> like uh. Like cayenne and like maybe some chili powder and some cinnamon like it was like just like all the spices but it was really good they turned out really good they were like pretty spicy speaking of camping we should take you should make that and then take it camping it's very good camping food and i uh in the past i know this has nothing to do with the muffins but i have made pumpkin seeds before like from jack-o-lanterns and stuff and i always just sort of like I hadn't really spent a lot of time looking for a recipe. So I just kind of mix them with stuff and put them in the oven. And it's always been like low for a long time. But these like you dry them out first, like with a paper towel. And then they're in the oven for shorter, but they got way crispier than normal. It was so good. Like, cause it didn't have that weird soggy taste that can happen sometimes. So Dumb. highly recommend. Yes. So we put them on tacos, like as like pepitas, like we just oh, later. So it was, it was, that was fun. That's a lot of uses for these pie pumpkin seeds. Yeah, for, well, for the pumpkin in general, because the whole the whole idea is that like I only needed one cup for my home brew, uh, and then I had a whole other cup from this pumpkin that I didn't know what to do with, and I felt bad wasting it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I need to make a recipe for the cast, and I should do something with this pumpkin. So I was looking for a recipe for a pumpkin, which is how I got here. But like, it just sounds crazy. I was like, I roasted <laughs> my own pumpkin for my home brew. No, that does not <laughs> step one. <laughs> So adventurous and, in my opinion, brave, because that's a lot to take on. So we'll see. I mean, it's not drinkable for another, like, two or three weeks. Um, so we'll see if it was just, that was just a big mess, because it was a, that was a, a story for another time about a big, long travail of silliness. <laughs> but in any case, um, I had this pumpkin. I wanted to use it. I couldn't really find any pumpkin recipes I really liked, though. So I... Um, improvised more here this is just like a very silly Rachel adventure because I found a really interesting looking sourdough banana nut muffin recipe and I was like I think bananas have a similar texture to pumpkin so <laughs> this should probably work so I just subbed out the bananas for pumpkin that makes sense I mean it's like a mushy thing exactly that was my thought it's like the liquid content isn't going to be weird Right. Like if you did like a blueberry recipe, like that's really different than pumpkin. <laughs> I think that's a one-to-one -one mushy ratio. Exactly. So that's why I was treating it. But the, um, and then I just improvised with the spices. I just added all the spices. That's what I usually do anyway. But I, it was cool because it specifically asked for, this is the first time I ever ran into this, uh, asked for a very aged discard for it. Um, oh, you could have yeah. that. Very aged, just kind of with a giant layer of uh, what do you call it? Hooch. Mold? Nope. Oh. <laughs> no. You're not like the one with mold. I just put in there with mold. No, I'm talking hooch, baby. Ooh, that's very fancy. 
mine wasn't that aged. <laughs> I mean, but I had been in the fridge for a while. And so it was cool because it was like specifically for flavoring purposes. That's why it was in there. And so it was cool to use the sourdough recipe that like, you know, I'm doing crackers and stuff where it's not really a rising agent, but this one was like specifically aimed at, we want a very specific flavor profile just from the sourdough. So I thought that was cool. Like, that was fun. I have to ask, were you able to taste it? Like, could you? Um, it was a little tangy. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just kind of hard to say. It, it, it tasted really good, but it just didn't taste very pumpkin-y. So I'm not sure if that's because like the pumpkin had been in my fridge for a couple of days or bananas just naturally have a stronger flavor. So like I probably needed more pumpkin or I'm not really sure. Uh, but I mean, it, you could taste the tang, which was really nice. Yeah, that's interesting. But I'm not sure. Yeah. So I'm not I really, I mean, it was really good, but like I said, I think, well, now I think about like a pumpkin muffin from like Starbucks or something. That's like mostly just spices that right. you're tasting. So maybe I just underspiced because I added a, what seemed like a lot, but <laughs> it was just not quite enough for everything going on there. Yeah, you need like the nutmeg and all the things that go with pumpkin typically. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Also, I mean, you are right, though, that like banana comes through pretty much in anything. Yeah, that's like a strong flavor. So like one cup of banana is like going to be a lot more flavorful than like a cup of pumpkin. Right. Hmm. That's so cool, though. They sound delicious regardless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I added an oat crumble to be fancy and to be yummy. And so that was pretty nice. I didn't have brown sugar. I ran out of brown sugar, so I had to improvise. So it wasn't as dark, but like with the oats, it was definitely good. I Oats. I like it was good. Oat crumble. I've never had one, but that sounds so yummy. I mean, it's like a normal flour and sugar crumble. It's just like you also have oats in there, like yeah. instead of some of the flour, which I prefer. I like the texture of oats. Yeah, that's extra. Sounds- and I think the other reason for using age discard, um, I think, is because it's got more acid in it too. Because then you add like. Um, like sodium uh, bicarbonate, so baking soda, sorry, and baking powder. And so I think those react together like acid and base to like make it rise more because they were really big muffins too. So I think that's another reason to use it, which I thought was cool. So some science there just to throw in at the end. I love a little, a little sprinkle of science. Well, pie pumpkin for the win. That sounds like, honestly. Yeah, cool. it was a fun adventure. Um, definitely. And I was surprised that it was like as easy as it was to work with. You mean the pie pumpkin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it, it literally was like, you, like I said, you just cut it in half, you know, it's basically genetically engineered to be easy to scoop the guts out of, lay it <laughs> face down and then just roast it in the oven for an hour. And then it just comes out with a spoon. I mean, that sounds so yummy. It sounds so fun to, to work with that. And, uh, again, easier, which is like, my favorite thing I was thinking though like if you were like oh like I brought some muffins to the office and they're like oh you made muffins that's cool and then like oh yeah like I made it from my sourdough discard that's been growing since July and I roasted my own pumpkin I feel like you sound like such a jerk (laughs) it's like that not I just happen to have all these things at my house because I'm crazy (laughs) not because I'm like an artisanal person you know (laughs) in my opinion I would want that background information that like it gives me so much more context when I take a bite of that muffin yeah, yeah, this is me. This is this is where I'm at, guys. I am this pumpkin muffin. You are <laughs> my essence right now. Uh, that's how to get kicked out of the office for sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's two winter recipes. Yeah, yeah, this is fun. I mean, it's cool to make loaves too and like basic things, but like, I feel like we're getting more and more like, what can we do with this, which is really fun. 
Rachel. Yeah. What do you have for your food for thought? What have you been chewing on? Or what are you going to offer up to chew on? <laughs> a good visual. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so uh, we need those teeth that you wind up and they have little feet. Oh, they, yes, 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 yes. And like, we should have that as like a sound, like a <laughs> chattering teeth. Can that be a Lila swag? Yes, yeah. <laughs> but with a microphone right in front of it. <laughs> yes, or like a little loaf, just like sticking out like a cigarette. Oh, I like that. Just chomping on a, a loaf. Yeah, like a little breadstick, those little crunchy breadsticks that are long. <laughs> yeah, who can we hire to make us one of these? <laughs> we'll find someone. <laughs> okay, we need a prototype. Yeah, yeah, listeners, send in your submissions. <laughs> um, but food for thought, I don't know when this is going to drop, so it might be after the election, but this isn't the last election, you know, God willing. <laughs> so um, we just get out and vote. Uh, I mean, even if, you know, it's, it's more, this is a especially intense time. Um, a lot of voting rights are being taken away when really it, it, that shouldn't have anything to do with a political affiliation. It's just like your right as an American and it's so important. So uh, even if this comes out after the election, which I, I think it will, it, it, don't forget that like you still have a right to vote in, in local races and in the midterms, those are like arguably more important sometimes and more uh, directly impact your life. So just do it. <laughs> like it, I know it's a big pain uh, and people are making it harder all the time to vote, but there are also a lot of pushback from that and a lot of resources that are available now to help you vote. Um, so there's so many early voting opportunities and on election day, I know with COVID it's a little bit scary, um, but there's uh, some great websites. So I just want to like share like uh, voteearly.org is an amazing website that gives you details on how to mail in and early vote as well as if you want to do it on election day and where exactly you need to go for all of those things. Uh, you just put in your address and it gives you all the details that you need like where you can get a ballot if it's too late to order a mail-in ballot, where you drop it off, where you should go in person either early or on election day. And I don't know, I just think it's really important. Like don't be apathetic because even if it's not affecting your life right now, like it, it will affect your life. So in your children's and your family. So really just the best thing you can do is just make your voice heard and, and be educated on there's uh, what you're voting for. Don't just blindly vote uh, your party think about who's running and what they stand for. And if those issues um, and their standpoints match your own. I mean, this is all so, so, so incredibly important. So I'm so glad you said this. I, I think a couple of things to point out, like you said, knowing what you're voting for with the internet these days, there really are so many more great opportunities at our fingertips to really understand what we're voting for. And then, like you said, how to vote. Um, every state is different. So just, you know, you can't really rely on what your friend did if they don't live in the same state or the same city, even like things can be very different from state yeah. to, from city to city. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like a, a general website like that is just an organization for wherever you live in the country. It tells you how to do it. Right. So important to know that. Um, and also know that once you get there, I mean, now that I, I've worked in early voting pool, it should be a very, very welcoming, supportive environment. And um, it's all about empowering individuals. It does not matter 
who you're voting for, where you came from, what you were doing right before you voted and what you're doing right after. It's really just about voting it's, itself in and of itself. Yeah, exercise your right. It doesn't matter like who you're voting for, you know, that it's not about parties. It's about using your right as an American citizen to have your voice heard. One of the most empowering things I've seen so far is someone who came in and hadn't voted in 40 years, but like oh, wow. specifically came out and you have to re-register at that point at, mm -hmm. in most states at least. And I mean, she was so happy to be there, but like obviously needed a ton of support and just understanding the process again, but had been maybe somewhat apathetic for 40 years either whatever the reason may be, but regardless, she came out this year. And I think it's just a great example of, I don't know, just realizing how important it is. Yeah. And to your point, it doesn't matter if you did it before, like you didn't do it before, like no one's shaming you. Just do it yeah. now. Like just <laughs> like, like that person, they waited 40 years and now they're here. That's, that's all that counts. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, no shame at all. I mean, it was just so exciting, honestly. Yeah, I, yeah, that's awesome. I was like, I'm so excited she's here to vote. Like, that's so great that she feels empowered enough to come and vote. Absolutely. But do you have food for thought? I have a quick um, food for thought. Again, I'll always direct you to NPR. This is from NPR Story Corps. Are you familiar with this, with Story Corps? Yeah, yeah. So, so cool. So NPR has a segment, or just like a quick little thing. Um, it's called Story Corps, but they only give you like a little intro to the story. And then it's actually um, archived, right? Like all the conversations are archived forever. I think so, yeah. And they're just like quick little interviews between like typically two family members or like two friends um, that get really real with each other for a couple minutes. And it's, it's really cool. But this was between a father and a daughter. Um, and it's called We Do Belong Here. But it was mostly the daughter speaking about and kind of reflecting on her family moving from North Carolina to Iowa. Iowa? Why didn't I say that? So weird. Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> um, Iowa. <laughs> when she was young. Um, and she she's African-American. And she says that she remembers feeling relaxed initially. She was fairly young. I can't remember how old. And she said it was just so beautiful, the landscape with all the snow. And she just thought it was like really breathtaking in terms of the views. And that was kind of a vivid memory for her. And then she kind of, you know, moved through life and sort of noticed and now remembers this false sense of security. Sounds like everyone's really nice. You know, they kind of um, want to be your friend that's very community driven, at least where she was. Um, but then she would go to a house in which she felt very welcomed in only to find, you know, a pillow on the couch with a rebel flag pillowcase, mm. um, which is just, it's so much to think about and so much to, to digest. And so this is why it's good for thought. Um, but I, I really know how to interpret it other than that seems like a lot to take in as a kid and like what a vivid experience and a vivid memory um, that I'm sure shaped her to be, you know, the woman she is today. Um, but it was just such a beautiful conversation between her and her father. Her father was interested in making them hyper aware, her and her siblings of their blackness, but also mm -hmm. that just consistently reminding them that America is 100% their own as well. 
no matter where you are, even when you don't feel welcome. Um, all of America is also their own. It's, they're also allowed to enjoy every part of it and they're entitled to all the rights that everyone else in America is entitled to. And she, she just had such a beautiful conversation with her father, you know, just basically thanking him for instilling that thread, um, that thought process in her so that when she was feeling just so out of place and so likely just scared for her life, um, that she was able to kind of empower herself through words that her father spoke to her several times, you know, over and over again while she was growing up. But one of one of the last quotes she said, I'll just quote her. She said, you were just trying, this was to her father. You were just trying to get me to relax because I had my collar buttoned all the way up. And I just remember you telling me that you don't have to worry about anybody thinking you don't belong here. This is ours too. And I just thought that was so moving and so beautiful. What a beautiful gift. Like, it's so sad that that it ha even has to be said. Like, it's not just implicit. Right. But what a beautiful gift to, like, give your children. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's awareness, but then also empowerment. Um, it's so unfortunate that you have to have that awareness. Um, and I think, yeah, I think the goal is that everyone would have that awareness. It's not just one person or one um, group of people's responsibility to be aware, right? The people who feel like the outcast shouldn't be the only ones that are aware. Because if everyone was aware, then there would be no outcasts. Well, so sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, it's, that's what I mean. Like, it's unfortunate that like, he had to be the one who tell his child that and, and that it was because of reasons, like it wasn't because like, you know, like the, there was uh, circumstances that led that to be in question, which is yep. awful. Yep. Yep, exactly. So a lot to chew on there. You know, I'm only giving just a little synopsis, but I don't know. I just felt so moved when she and he both kind of acknowledged that that statement of we do belong here. This is ours, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone. Everyone does. <laughs> you belong here. You deserve to vote. You should take advantage of that right to vote. Um, because it's very, 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 very important. And there are a lot of people who fought for that right to vote. Um, so, yeah, and it's unfortunate that we have to keep fighting um, for everyone to have the right, but it's it's so worth it. It's so, so worth it. And um, yeah, if there's anything we can do to make it easier, you know, well, and I think this, these actually went really well together because it's uh, voting is just a, a microcosm of, you know, the rest of society. So, yeah. Okay, we did it. This was a good conversation. Yeah. Very timely. Yes, we hope you enjoy and, you know, take this all with just a grain of sourdough salt. Yes, and have a good week. Rachel. Hey, what? Love you like a sour sister. Live us. Thanks for listening. And don't be afraid to start some sourdough. And don't be afraid to vote. <laughs>
if you like this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really does make a difference. Um, and anything we mention in this podcast will be included in a reference list that we posted on our Instagram. So follow us at Lila Sour Sister for recipes, pictures, and lots of other fun stuff. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. So please subscribe. That's at L-Y-L-A Sour Sister. Thank you.